Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Joining me today is um, a, a, a an anonymous count on Bitcoin, Concilium Turgum at 2140BTC. And uh, he reached out to me directly after the MicroStrategy news. Uh, he, he showed up in, uh, in my DMs and then in, um, in Keybase where um, we got into a very interesting conversation and, you know, I, I decided immediately this, this needs to be talked about. And I invited him onto the show. He was very hesitant to begin with. Um, he'd never done a podcast before, uh, wasn't fishing to come on the show, had to think about it uh, and then, then agreed. You know, thank you so much for, for being brave and, and coming on and, and talking about these topics. Hopefully we can inspire uh, you know somebody else or uh, another business owner to follow in your footsteps um i, I don't want to give any too many spoilers uh you know it gets um it, it, this is around business and you know how businesses um can protect themselves with a small amount of of their cash flow being put into bitcoin so we get into that and all of the decision making and um, and how at 2140 BTC managed to do that. So let's get into it. Really appreciate um, Concilium Turgum coming on. Hope you enjoy this one. And um, you know, before we do go right there, let's go um, and give a quick shill to uh, at Coinfloor, uh, Coinfloor.co.uk forward slash Bitten. Go open an account. Start your weekly DCA. I should say um, FCA Fiat cost averaging or sterling cost averaging is in the UK slowly start putting aside uh, a few pounds a week um, or dollars if you're in the US go check out swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten let's do it guys hope you enjoy this one catch you after the show hey guys welcome to this week's edition of the once bitten podcast and joining me today is at 2140 BTC concilium Turgum on uh, Twitter, uh, who reached out to me um, via the DMs, via Keybase, actually. Um, well, we'll get into this story, how, how it came about. Um, 2140, thank you so much for coming on and uh, reaching out in the first place and agreeing to do this show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, not, not something I expected to be doing. So this is like uh, y your first appearance on a podcast or anything like this? Yeah, my first appearance on a podcast. Ah, so would you class yourself then as a Bitcoin Twitter lurker, like one of these guys that's just um, desperate to? I don't know. What, I'll leave the question open ended. Uh, sure. No. I. So I have a synonymous account because of the world, and I have a normal Twitter account, and so on twenty one forty BTC, I can get on, ask stupid questions. Uh, listen to American Hoddle do his rants, uh, you know, do those things that you can't normally do that wouldn't be considered, you know, PC or whatnot. Plus, I want to keep 
my Bitcoin life separate from my normal life because if we're all correct about what we think we're correct about, which what I know we're correct about, is that 10 years from now, this it will be a much different place for Bitcoiners in general. Oh, man. Now, now, now you get me worried. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because I'm just as doxxed as they come. Well, uh, we, know, we all are docs to, you know, <laughs> we're, we're all docs <laughs> to a point. Uh, okay, well, Lauren, um, I'm sorry, Lauren, I jumped the gun. I, I, I asked the first question there, didn't I? Or one or two. Oh my God, I'm going to get, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so what is your question? What did you want to ask? I only know half of it. Okay, well, tell me half of it, and then we might be able to figure um, out the rest. Why did you? Why did you um, contact my dad? Well, that's a full question. That is a great yeah. question, Lauren. And I have to tell, you, I want to say this right up front: is I, I look forward to hearing your questions every podcast because I think you have you you ask some of the best questions on any of the podcasts I listen to. So. Uh, I look forward to that. So why, why did I contact your dad? I actually uh, reached out to him. I think it was on Twitter first. Uh, then I went to Keybase. And there I, I reached out because the micro strategy thing had broke. But it seems like I'd sent you a message. I can't remember how it did. But I wanted you to know, you said something in a former podcast. And I wanted you to know that businesses, uh, small businesses especially, and people I'm familiar with are already in the Bitcoin space. You know, and for these these big businesses, I mean, that's great, and you know, they're they're they've got the money that we need, but the organic growth is is already taking hold, and and I'm talking about from 2019 uh, to today. So MicroStrategy is 2020. Our you know my company's journey started in 2019, and other companies started then, and then there's companies that started this year. So it, I feel like in the small business space, it is. It is something that needs to be told. It's something that people need to know uh, that it's okay. And then the micro strategy news broke, and you know, it just all kind of fell at the same time. I, then, I, and, and that's the only reason why I reached out. I, and I, I wanted your dad to find somebody to talk about it, not me, but you know, I thought it would be a good discussion for a future podcast. Does that make sense? Yeah, but my other question is about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So just to um, let you know what um, at 2140 BTC was saying there is he owns a business and uh, that business, that. the business that they are running, they are using some of their cash to invest into Bitcoin rather than keep it in cash. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, so... Is your question kind of like then related around, um, you know, wh when did you find out about Bitcoin? Mm, no. When did you find Bitcoin? I found Bitcoin really early. So, so I've, I've known about Bitcoin at least since 2011, 2012. Uh, but I did not, you know, I, I foolishly thought you had to mine to get Bitcoin. So I, I never got a miner. I, I downloaded uh, what we call Bitcoin Core back then, it was called something else, maybe QT. I can't, I can't remember how all that worked back then. But I downloaded essentially Bitcoin Core and set up a wallet, and couldn't understand why I wasn't mining. And then eventually figured out, hey, uh, you don't have to mine this. And then I just forgot about it again. 
And then it wasn't until 20, 2016 that I started following it uh, really close again. And then by 2017, I'd made my mind up that it was time to get in. Okay. So you found it, then you just said no, and then you found it again. Yeah. You know what? That's a good way of putting it. I found it, and I, I didn't really understand. I understood what it was. I understood its uses at the time. And, and I always just assumed it was anonymous. But you're, you're right. I let it go because it didn't come easy. And it was, uh, you know, I didn't really see the value in it at the time. I certainly didn't understand about the halvings until 2017. I didn't even know they existed until 2017. And you're right. I found it. I let it go. And it came back. So I guess it's kind of like that saying, if, uh, you know, if, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, you know it's meant to be. So it's meant to be. Cool. And I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for your questions. Do, do you want to say yeah, goodnight to 2140? Yeah, bye and good night. Oh, sorry, Dad. Good night. Sleep well. It's it very good talking to you. Yeah, same. Um, wow. So 2011, you, you first yeah. come across this thing. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, that is the year you were born, Lauren. You just doxed yourself. But don't worry. <laughs> Daddy's done plenty of that. um so how like because there were there were there weren't that many articles around back in those days uh you know what what where were you hanging out like what 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 drew your attention to uh to bitcoin in 2011 So, so i have a lot of interest in a lot of different areas and cryptography is one of those areas that you know i love to explore and understand and and something i have followed for you know, going all the way back to writing, you know, secret messages, code, you know, coded, quote unquote, coded messages in middle school. So I've, I've, you know, always tried to have a PGP or GPG, a GPG key, whatever, you know, whatever you're calling it there, pretty good privacy. Uh, I've, you know, followed that growing up uh, as far as the, um, not too much following the, uh, the, I guess the encryption wars or whatever you want to call it, where the government tried to, the U.S. government tried to, you know, all out ban encryption. But I was always very aware of coding, the Enigma machine, and those kind of things. So I, I guess, and I, you know, I was on the internet early, you know, early in life. So in the 80s, I was, you know, a, ch- a child of the 80s and on the internet. So I've, I was always lurking in places, uh, not bad places, but just places and reading and wanting to learn more about different things. And I can't remember how I come across it, but I do have an email on my computer that I sent to myself in 2012 that shows, you know, hey, this is where you buy a miner dumb dumb and i you know and i never acted on it you know i I never i never i never purchased a miner at that time i have run some since then but i did not i did not pick up a miner at that point and you know i don't know i could just really slap myself on the forehead for not taking uh more time to uh read the white paper more thoroughly uh, and get a better understanding and then just you know collect uh, accumulate. That's something I wish I'd have done, but I didn't. So it's okay. So here I am. Yeah, that's a weird one, right? Because we we all <laughs> here we are, like the one yeah. percent that are actually into this thing, and yet we've all got the same regret. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's it's so much easier to look back and kick yourself in the nuts rather than to pat yourself on the back. Um, and you know, I I've said this before. I think. Um, even if you had have started buying back in 2011, you'd have sold all that shit. Like, exactly. You know, 
right? Yeah, there's no way in the world that you would have watched something go 100, 200, 300, 400, 500% and not sell out of it. Like, that's there's, true. There's no way. Um, I, and, I don't know. What Maybe... I wouldn't have bought enough of it either. See, that's the other part of it. Is, right. You know, if it, when it was $1, would I really have spent $1,000? Well, no. I wouldn't have done that because I, I was much younger, uh, much broker, uh, you know, mm. and, you know, my priorities were different. I, I wouldn't have done it, you know, that, and there's no way. And my wife wouldn't have, she wouldn't have went down that rabbit hole at that point either. Uh, she, she wouldn't allow it. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I don't look back and regret, though I do slap my forehead sometimes and think, if I'd only. But, you know, we, we can't change that. But we're, we're here now and we know, so it just means I have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I was not this early, nowhere near 2011, uh, back end of 15 and six, uh, front end of 16. Um, but then, like, you know, to your point that you said earlier, uh, like things like halvings and stuff like that, no clue. Like yeah. absolutely no clue what those things were. Uh, it was just speculation. What is this thing? Looks like another financial asset. Hmm. Looks like a financial asset that Wall Street isn't in and isn't governed or regulated. You know, I, I would like definitely to be part of that because I think there's going to be huge swings, uh, which it, it, that did turn out to be the case, and just managed to ride out that that volatility, um, just because of my background in uh, in financial markets. Um, you know, uh, I was very risk tolerant. I'd seen all of these. You know, volatility is your friend at the end of the day. Um, so I came in with that mindset. But yet, the rest of it, like the fundamental mind shifts, the personality changes, the um, like the, the deeper understanding of, you know, the Austrian economics and, you know, the Ponzi scheme of the fiat currency and the, the central banks. This is all snowballing now. I can't stop it. Uh, and I don't know whether you need that first three or four years <laughs> Before that even starts clicking. Yeah. I, you know what, what made it take hold for me was the business side of things. So as I progressed in my career, and I, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing for quite a while now. Uh, and a, as you, you, you start to see your purchasing power diminish, or you really start to see the value of a dollar or whatever your currency is not go as far as it did the year before. And you start asking yourself some hard questions. Why do we need inflation? Why does inflation exist? Why do people think that's a good idea to have inflation? What, how did, why did we get inflation to begin with? You know, WTF 1971, they do a good job of, of you know, visually showing you, hey, what happened in 1971? And when, when, you, start, when you start thinking about these things and then you, you come across Bitcoin and you, you know, I'd read it before, you know, much earlier, and then in 2017, I don't know what, you know, 2016, I got pretty serious about watching it. And then 2017, I, was, I saw it go up. And, you know, I, I got in a little bit. Uh, well, I, I got in before the peak, probably about $6,000. So that's probably around, you know, the middle middle to September-ish of uh, 17, best my, best my memory serves. And then, of course, I, you know, I've been in it since. So I've, I bought crazy highs and you know, crazy lows that we had this year. You know, I just consistently, you know, dollar cost average your way into it. I, you know, it just, it's, it's very different because there's only going to be 21 million of them. 
they're not going to print more. There's not going to be somebody to bail to bail us out. And I, and I think that's what made it click was putting the business side to the practical side. And I could see that, hey, this is something that's going to go somewhere. Yeah. And okay, let's focus on the business side then, because this is how we connected. It was after the MicroStrategy um, announcement. Um, I was obviously very excited on Twitter and retweeting things and um, throwing my own little stank on it. Uh, and you reached out to me and um, I'll, I'll read directly the message. Um, you know, I think the one point being overlooked is small businesses div diversifying into Bitcoin. My company, not a financial or white collar company, is six figures deep in Bitcoin. We are not alone. This is becoming more the mainstream, but never discussed. So here we are. Let's get discussing because, you know, um, yes, to your point, big news, MicroStrategy come out. We all go crazy on Twitter. I was very guilty of that. Whereas you guys in the trenches are like, these guys are so behind the times. Can you, how did you feel that day when, when you saw that announcement? Vindicated. And by the way, vindicated, excellent. And by the way, I have not tweeted this out today, but somebody uh, DM'd me that um, Just Eat in France just announced that they are now going to accept Bitcoin as payment. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Here we just, go. There's, there's yeah, even the, further the vindication. Yep, slowly, one by one. And uh, a friend of mine is the CEO of a company that Just Eat bought out just six months ago in the UK. So I'm very much knocking on his door to try and get an interview. But let's concentrate. <laughs> let's concentrate on the news breaks, MicroStrategy. Everyone's going crazy. $250 million. That was like 50% of their free cash flow. 21,500 Bitcoin. Huge news. And we know it's only going to be another quarter because everyone's watching now. Um, but you guys are a year ahead of this. You're ahead of the curve. What, yes. what, what, can you tell us what the business is? Are, are, you, are you able to share with us or give us a kind of yeah. overview? I can, give you, I can give you a bit of an overview. So we're, we're definitely considered a small business in the United States, and that would mean we're under 250 employees. But we're definitely not small-ish, so we're definitely more than 75 employees. So just to let you think, we're somewhere between 75 and 200 employees. We're, we're, we cover several different industries and a pretty wide uh, swath of the industry in general. And we'll just say it's construction. And we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but, well, I'll get a little more specific. We, we are a manufacturer and a construction uh, commercial industrial type uh, labor as well. So we, we, we wear a lot of hats. So the company wears a lot of hats. And we're, we're fairly, well, fairly well diversified within the industry. And then we get out of that industry in some aspects. But for the most part, that, that covers you know, what we do and where we're at. So when I said we're definitely not white collar, we're definitely not a white collar workforce. You know, 80, say 90, somewhere around 92% of my workforce would be blue collar. Okay. So then <laughs> how do you, at what point did you come to the decision? Clearly you've, you've got the background of Bitcoin, um, but you've still got, people to persuade that the best idea for you guys um, and the treasury and to lengthen the runway for your company and to protect your employees and uh, 
protect the business long term is to diversify some amount, some percentage of your um, of your cash into Bitcoin. That's a hard sell. How did that go down? You're exactly right. It is a hard sell. So it went down like this. I had to convince three people. <laughs> right. It's a, so it's 2019. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about you're, you're, I'm thinking about my competition. So I have both private small business competition and I have global competition. And, and so I, I play with, you know, play against players who are, you know, in Europe, Asia, they're everywhere. And then there's the company down the road that's, you know, 30 minutes down the road that I'm also competing against. But, but as an, an overall rule, there's not very many of us. So it's, a, it's kind of a smaller industry, the one that I, my biggest area of focus uh, for, for it within our company, you know, there's very few players within the United States. So it's not like, you know, we're Wendy's or a Chick-fil-A or a food restaurant, for those that may not know, or a Walmart you know, we're, we're, we're not a common business that you would find. So we, we know everybody. So my thing is, how do we protect ourselves from our competition? How do we outthink our competition? How do we, how do we become smarter than our competition? Uh, possibly one day, how do we make acquisitions so we don't have to worry too much about the competition so we can further insulate ourselves from them? So that's what it comes down to. For me, it came down to survival. What's the best decision for, you know, the company, my family, my employees' families, to make us, you know, uh, have a long and bright future and not just this year, you know, not worrying about today or next week or next month, but what can we do that will set us up for the long run? And that's what led me down the path of we've got to get into Bitcoin. And that's when I knew I had three people I had to convince. I sit two of them down, the two hardest ones down, that I knew would be uh, hard. The ride on the, you know, Gen X millennial border. And after about 90 minutes, I would say they were begrudgingly okay. They were on board. And then I made my, uh, my, my last take or my last um, call. Uh, was a family member, also in the, was a family member in the business with, with me and made my call and a boomer of all, of all things. And, you know, within two minutes, like, yeah, let's do it. And so then wow. we did it. Uh, you know, and the, the weird thing about it was at first, everybody was just, you know, kind of like, eh, you know, okay, whatever. The, the three people that knew about it, two of them really started digging in and started wanting to learn more about it because we call it magic internet money. And, and, and at least that's because that's how they look at it. They look at it as, as magic. But today, you know, I would say, you know, a year later, all, all three of those people are hodlers. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't take much when you introduce somebody. And, and the, really, everybody started paying attention the second we, we made our first buy. So once that money leaves the bank account, hits the exchange, you make your, your purchase, you're in. And I don't know what it is about that. But when you make a purchase, uh, you, everything starts to really click. I don't know if you've become hyper-aware, hyper-focused on Bitcoin itself, but I'm liable to go into the, the office any day of the week and, and get a wink and somebody say, I stack some sats. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you, did you announce this to the rest of the company, the rest of the employees? No, no, they have no idea. 
<laughs> oh, you could be sitting on a lot of hodlers. That's yeah, <laughs> I could be. I, I really could be. And, it, you know, our business, uh, so I've said it is a family business. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of family. And they don't know. You know, I'm tasked with running the company. It's my decision to make. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like I went out and was completely irresponsible or anything like that. I think I was quite the opposite, most responsible making this decision. But it's best just to make the decision, acquire, accumulate, you know, at, a, at what is acceptable to your business and move on and forget about it. That, you know, there doesn't need to be a temptation there for anybody to check the price every five minutes. You know, we don't need that. We don't need people talking about it and, and not doing their job. We just need people to show up and do the hard work. Bitcoin will take care of itself. It doesn't care what I, what I want. It, it will take care of itself. Absolutely. Bitcoin works for us, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just sitting there quietly, just beavering away, badgering away, if you like. And um, you know it's going to be there by your side in 10 years' time, you know, stronger and, um, and more resilient. Um, man, that's crazy. So <laughs> how do you decide the, the, the weight you know, what What do you mm. think, like, you, you've got clearly some free cash flow, I'm assuming. Um, what, what was, I mean, that must have been discussed or was that left to you? Could you give us a little insight to that as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was absolutely discussed. Of course, I asked for the moon and we compromised on something closer to earth. <laughs> so, something uh, <laughs> very, I would say modest, I, I think, how, how do you decide the position? So I, I'm a big fan of Rao Powell. Hopefully I got mm. his name right there. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, D- you know Dan uh, D-Tap Cap on Twitter. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of these guys that just get it. You know, Jeff Booth. You know, a lot of these people you've interviewed. A lot of, you know, and these guys get it. And so they're constantly saying, you know, 1%, 2%. Then they're saying two to three percent, and then you hear three to five percent. And so the way I look at it is, we want to be in that three to five percent range. So for us as a company, three to five percent made a lot of sense, and it was something we do have free cash flow. It was something that we could uh, justify last year easily without a you know without any issues. Uh, this year, I, I like to say we dollar cost average, but our purchases are. A little bit larger and and they're not automated so you know when the time comes and we've accumulated uh, extra currency in the bank we make a purchase now at some point that will stop uh, because you know I can't get too carried away it is a business and I don't need to get you know irresponsibly long quote unquote but mm-hmm. I, I don't see it's going over the five percent but I you know we're definitely not going to go under the three percent so if we get a moon event you're going to fly through the five percent on the balance sheet, right? Um, so yes, what happens then? Like because you, you, you're naturally you're clearly a hodler um, personally, but then like separating yourself from your your personal life and your business life that that must be difficult, man. Like you know, what happens when that five percent becomes fifteen percent? Or will you, would you let it run that far or would you convert it back to U.S. dollars and then, you know, use that for um, R&D or, or whatever um, 
whatever you might do, hiring or acquiring, like you said? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. Yeah, I'll let it run, you know, for what we have. I, I'll, let it, I'll let it run. And I, as a company, I don't see us being able to, to use what we have. Like, you know, what kind of moon event do you think we'll get? Let's start there. Okay. Um, I think by the end of this year, we're going to be seeing double, maybe triple what we're seeing right now. Okay. So for, for me, we would have to start at a 30X before we would even consider cash, you know, exchanging some of that, exchanging some Bitcoin for cash. And there's, wow. uh, there's really only a few things you can do as a business with cash. Uh, you can, you can uh, dividends, buybacks for stock, stock buybacks, uh, and dividend payments. And we'll mark those two out. You can make acquisitions, you can save, and you can do capital investments. Off the top of my head, that's the five things that I understand that we can do with money as a general rule. So acquisitions is one that sparks my interest because if I have a competitor and maybe they're struggling, they didn't buy Bitcoin, uh, we can go in and acquire them and either put that company out or merge that company with us and move on and make my life easier because, you know, your competitor, you know, in my industry, competitors, some competitors are smart and some are not so smart uh, as far as pricing goes. And uh, that, that would give us, you know, a good advantage, but acquisitions are not always great. So as a business, you know, all businesses have a line of credit or most businesses I would say have a line of credit. It's not unusual to have, you know, a bit of debt too. We don't have crazy debt, but, there may come a time if we moon that I'd say I just want to pay off all the debt, be debt free, not have to worry about, uh, have not worry about the bank, not fool with the bank. That would be something that I would consider doing. But it, it's it's on a business. I'm thinking long term. Personally, I'm thinking long term. So to me, eight to ten years is the soonest I could see myself doing something as far as making an exchange for Bitcoin to fiat. And, and I don't know how I don't know how you get there, and I don't know how I know when I'm there, but it will make sense when the time comes. You know, it may be that we're struggling and we have no money. You know, who knows what the future brings? But the the only two things I would really be interested in is acquisitions and uh, paying off any kind of debt we have. And, and the third would be just to outlast, because I look at Bitcoin as a competitive advantage. If it helps me outlast my competition. I want to be in and and taking five percent of your free cash flow is absolutely a no-brainer. Uh, you know, you really should be in a position to do that if you're running a top business. Uh, I, I would I would say just across the board that that should be a thing. If your business is not healthy and you don't have five percent of your free cash flow to uh, dis distribute on something like Bitcoin, you may want to rethink how you're running your business, or you may just want to take a real hard look at what's going on. You know, and you may not be a good business to be in. So that that's how I look at it. That's how I approach it. I'm looking at it on an eight to ten year timeline at the earliest. Wow. Okay. Um, can I throw a random one in there? Um, it, let, let, let's say we get this 10x, 20x, 30x event. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, you it becomes apparent in the market that you guys are like the only company in your sector that are holding Bitcoin. 
I think that the what there, I think there's there's going to come a time where you'd be able to attract the top talent in that sector if you were to start writing contracts in Bitcoin and paying wages in Bitcoin. Has that thought ever crossed your mind? It has, and it's it's not some. And for me, uh, when you say talent, I think skilled labor. So I want guys who show up and do the hard work and do a good job. And you, it's very hard to find those people. Very hard to find those people. So yes, if if that's what it meant, then that's what I would do. You know, if if having Bitcoin as a company allowed me to start, and I was the only one in my region, my area, that it became apparent that I was the only one set up like this, then absolutely, uh, we w- I, would, I would do that. Absolutely. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Of course I would. I would do it today if I thought I could attract the right people to come work for me. I would do it today. Man, we're there then. This is, this is part of the wealth transfer, isn't it? Uh, it is. I had Preston, had Preston Pish on the show, and, and you know he was talking about this. Um, and this could be the same thing that, ha- you know, that, that plays out with MicroStrategy, you know, like three or five years down the line when they're looking for the top talent, uh, you know, top you know, computer programmers, software engineers, whatever it is that they need in their, in their business, and they're the only ones or one of the very few companies in place to start attracting these, these skilled workers to come and do this work for Bitcoin. And it's going to be, you know, what a no-brainer. Like, it's, it's just another huge piece of the puzzle, which um, is all starting to slot into place. Yeah, I mean, I mean, today, look at the labor market today. I think if you ask anybody, what is their biggest, you know, what is their biggest hurdle to becoming a better company? They're going to say people. And if if getting people means paying people in Bitcoin, I'm going to pay people in Bitcoin. You know, that we will figure it out. I have no idea how that would work. I'm sure our accountants will go bananas, but we would figure that out. That's amazing. That is, <laughs> yeah. then, you know, again, I just couldn't be more bullish about Bitcoin right now when I hear, and again, going back to your, your original uh, message, like you made it clear, like, we are not the only businesses doing this. Yes, I did make it clear. <laughs> so you are, you are aware of other companies, private companies, or that, yeah, private companies, private. I guess, because... Yeah, publicly listed ones is only only the one that's had to come out and be pri- uh, public about it. So, how many how many do you personally know of? Several, <laughs> and I'm being a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I'm definitely being. Uh, so, so I know of companies, and I, let me let me give you. So, so I call you know we, we're friends with other people who are in the same industry as we are, but way outside of our service area. So they're going to be in other states, across the country, uh, on another continent. And I'm going to talk to them. And, and I'm going to bring it up. And they're an owner. I'm an owner. And we're going to talk about it. And there's, there's, when, you, when you get two people in the same industry who are owners, you, you tend to talk about things that you both worry about, you think about, you're curious about. You may have a stupid question. You don't want everybody to know you don't know. And you ask them. And so I'll bring up Bitcoin. So far, um, 
it's a pretty good conversion rate. I would say I've had, you know, I don't know, about a 75% conversion rate when it comes to just, I just mention it, tell them why we have it, tell them, you know, number go up helps. That story always helps. And before you know it, you get a call, they're in personally, and then you ask, well, what about the business? I hadn't thought of that. Well, we're doing it. Okay, maybe we'll look into it. And one thing leads to another. And so one business uh, that I'm aware of takes a bit of a different angle on it. They buy Bitcoin and they have a short, uh, a, a, well, I guess a high time preference is what you would call it. They, they have a short term outlook. So what they're looking to do is they give a lot back to charities, uh, several charities. So what they want to do is take the money that they would normally give to a charity, uh, put that back into Bitcoin, still give the, the charity their money this year, but watch that money grow. So if we have a 30x event, let's just say it's 30x, then they'll be able to increase that amount, almost like making a scholarship endowment, but it would be for uh, charities or causes that they, they want to support. So, so they're looking for, you know, they're looking at the having events. They're looking at the next 18 months. They're looking at December 2021, you know, where are we going to be, what are we going to do? Because instead of maybe giving $5,000, they can give $10,000 or they can give $20,000. You know, what, whatever they've decided as a company to do, they can, they can increase their charitable gifts to these organizations that they want to support. And I, I thought that was a, uh, you know, that's not the typical HODLer uh, response. That 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 was a you know turned turned it on its head and I thought but still that was a that was you know Bitcoin's a lot of things to a lot of people and to them that was a a good way to turn that into a, a bigger charitable donation. Yeah, that's amazing. What a great story. Yeah, fingers crossed that uh, in that case we we will have a, a much bigger interest in the price going up so that that company can um, come good on their promises and uh, and help out the charities that they are supporting. So what would you say then, you, you've, you've kind of touched on this already, uh, but I want to you know, make it a lot clearer for people that might be listening to this that are running a business and are thinking about diversifying. What would you say to those people that are thinking about this but are kind of like dragging their feet for whatever reason? And then we'll get into, you know, once they've made that decision, once they've got over that barrier to entry, how you, you would go about it. So, but let's start with, um, you know, what would you say to other business owners? I would say if you have the free cash flow, no matter how little it is or how, how much, but no, basically no matter how little, get on the train, get, get to looking for an exchange to purchase your Bitcoin and buy it and forget about it. Yeah. Just, and it doesn't matter what percentage to begin with. It do, yeah, it does not matter. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter about, you know, the memes are great. 21 coins, 6.15, one, a whole coin or one coin. It does not matter. Getting anything is better than having nothing. And, and really, at the end of the day, if you're risking even 1% of your, your, free, your free cash sitting in the bank, that's a you're going to blow that on something you didn't need anyway as a business, whether it be printer paper, desk, standing desk, you know, who knows? Uh, taking people out to eat, entertainment, uh, apparel, you know, you're wearing apparel, gas for vehicles. You're going to blow that one way or the other. So you might as well blow it on something that you'll at least have uh, some value in, some purchasing power. And and I, I would I always encourage people, 
you know, number go up is powerful. So Rodolfo Novak, you know, he's all about NGU technology and I'm right there with him. I think that is a very, very powerful message and it's, it's good not to think about it, but it's also, I'm also careful about who I approach. So I don't just tell every owner I know because some owners are very irresponsible and they're not going to have uh, a low time preference. Look at this. They're not going to have a 10 year or 20 year or 15 year outlook. They're going to have a 12 month or six month outlook. And I, I don't care anything about talking to people like that. So you're really looking for that, that low percentage of, of the population that who are in a position to be able to do this. And after you have a quick conversation with them and you tell them the, the do's and don'ts, they, they, they get it and they get it fast. And, and I, and I tell them, don't waste any time, find an exchange because that took us forever. I felt like I went through that process a lot longer than I should have, but it felt like two months, you know, from the time I started to the time we finally got to wire money in, uh, it, it took quite a while. Yeah, let's get down that rabbit hole because um, if there are people listening to this that are owning small businesses and they do want to start diversifying and stacking some sats and investing into Bitcoin, how do they go about it? And um, could, could you tell us, you know, why did it take so long? What, what was your story? Yeah, so first, I, you know, you, if you sign up with an exchange, typically within a couple of days on a personal level, you're approved, you're good to go. That changes completely on a corporate level. So I did not find it easy at all. And I don't care to tell you that, you know, I, we ended up on Kraken. That's who we ended up with. Uh, but I, I, I did my due diligence and I looked at all the major exchanges that would be familiar to a U.S. resident. And I've, I'm already on, an ex, you know, I've, I'm on a couple of exchanges as a personal level. So I kind of knew who to avoid. That would be Coinbase. And then I knew who to look at, and there's a few of those. So, so when you start looking at it, say for Coinbase, I mean, there's, there's not going to be anybody on the other end of the line that cares anything about you or your business. They don't care if, if you show up. They want all kinds of, you know, all kinds above and way beyond KYC information. Uh, they want crazy documents. You know, they, it's like get everybody in the room, get everybody's signature, anybody that has anything to do with it. Have they worked there in the past 30 years? We're going to need them to sign too. So they, they were out. Uh, but I, you know, and I, and I, I wanted to look at Coinbase just to, to be sure that I didn't want to use them. But I already knew that, and I didn't use them. And, and you know, I, was, I felt vindicated because go on there and try to find a phone number. You, you can't. So then you start looking at other exchanges. And really it just came down to who could I get on with with the least amount of hassle? And I think that's something the exchanges really need to work on. But I thought Kraken did a good job. It still took long. It was still a long vetting process, but I felt like it was a good job and I didn't have to go too crazy with the documentation. So just find an exchange you're comfortable with, somebody that you can get a hold of, you know, either by email, chat, or telephone, and ha have a bit of a low time preference because you'll be prepared to wait, you know, three to four weeks at the least once you start the process from the time it's finished. So do you have, because Kraken have an OTC desk, is that correct? They do. That I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. I, I don't use them, so I just set up an account through a business. I guess they have like a corporate. I don't know what they call it. I can't remember now. But it's like a, you know, instead of setting up a personal account, you set up a corporate account. So you'll have certain documents that you have to share with them. You know, shareholder information, that kind of thing, that you have to get, and certain signatures, and how many people have to sign. And each exchange was different. Some, you know, Jim and I required. Uh, a lot more than Kraken, 
but Kraken, what Kraken required, I thought was reasonable. And I thought it was just enough. Actually, I thought that was probably the least amount of information I would be allowed to to get away with. Because no one wants to, you know, you don't want to fully dox yourself. I mean, they're, they're a Bitcoin exchange, uh, not, you know, not the U.S. government. So we, you know, I, don't, I want to give up as little information as possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've just checked. Kraken do have a, an OTC uh, desk uh, run by Nelson Minier, um, which would give you the the opportunity to to speak directly. Um, but I think that's another level level again yes. of um, different account. Um, okay, no, that's that's very cool. That's that's great. I think um, a lot of people are going to appreciate the information. Um, and then you you just handle that account, I suppose. Um, as you said earlier in the call, uh, when and um, when, when you have the chance, the dollar cost average, and you've got a bit of free cash flow coming in, that's literally probably now down to a few clicks. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially uh, well, actually, it's a trip to the bank because I like to wire the money in. Uh, you know, I'm trying to maximize how much Bitcoin we can collect, so I, I do the wire transfer. And then, you know, within a few hours, make the purchase. And it doesn't matter what the price is that day. I make the purchase and put it out of my mind because I don't need to be thinking about it. But but you do raise a good point when you say manage it because at this point, how, do you, how does a company go about managing it? So right now, I'm it. I'm the guy. Uh, no one else can access the account. <laughs> so there is that. So if, you know, if you're the owner of the company, that's great. Uh, you, you know, you have to think about, you have to take a real hard look at who, who can you really trust to access these funds? Because there's no, you know, it's extreme sovereignty. Bitcoin itself is extreme sovereignty. And when you're in a business, it, it would be so easy to move those funds away. And to me, that's the, I'm not worried about it at my company, but everybody that ever gets hit with embezzlement, you know, an employee embezzling money always says, well, I didn't think I have to worry about it. I, I trusted so-and-so. So don't trust, verify. And so the only way I know to go about it is I'm the only one that has the information. <laughs> and then that way I know it, it's, it's, it's where it's at, it's sitting where it's at, and, you know, it, it's, it's fine, and we'll be fine. And uh, everybody's, you know, there's, there's three people that have access to the amount. We keep a, a, a document that, you know, pulls up a Google sheet that pulls up the price of, you know, current price of Bitcoin and we keep a log of our, our purchases and it, you know, tells us current market value and all that, you know, pertinent information, but it's there, we can see it, but you know, it's, you know, it's the trust in me to, to not go off and just, you know, move it to my wallet and blow it. <laughs> and I mean, the listeners are going to be screaming at me if I, if I didn't ask, you know, not your keys, not your coin. Uh, I'm I'm assuming you're not leaving it on a on an exchange, but you know, go ahead, tell us as much as you're you're happy to tell us. I'll tell, I, yeah, I'll tell you. It, I totally agree with the listeners. Not your keys, not your coin. And uh, I, you know, I'm a big uh, Rodolfo fan. He actually, after listening to him, uh, I was swayed. I used to treasure. Uh, way back in the day, and I'm now co-card personally, but as far as the company goes, it still sits on the exchange. But now that that is going to change. That is going to change sooner than later. But again, it comes down to how are we sure that we can properly hide, or I shouldn't say hide. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe say hide. How can you lock away your seed phrase? How can you lock away your passphrase? How, you know, how can you have your hardware wallet 
be somewhere, you know, you know, you're pe- you got a pin code. You go to all these lengths. Do you just not worry about the hardware wallet? So these are things that we're thinking through. So for the moment, they're on the exchange, and everybody has the right to yell at me, and I wouldn't, and I don't blame you one bit. Uh, it's worked out so far, but soon uh, we hope to address those issues and get it off the exchange, and you know, take take control of our own Bitcoin and and control our own private keys. Have you? Looked any closer at the um, the multi sig options out there because that is a rabbit hole that um, I've. I mean, I had Phil Geiger on the show from um, Unchained Capital come in and 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 talk us through that. You know, knows the tale. Um, is is that something as well that uh, that you've looked into? It has. It is. It's something that we. I have. I have definitely looked into, and it's it's something at this point that I think is still a little bit too complicated. A little bit too risky, let's say, uh, to lose a Bitcoin, and I don't want to overcomplicate it. So keeping it simple is good enough for me. And at the end of the day, if we did a two or three, you know, where would I put three items? I could put one in the bank, but I don't trust the bank. <laughs> so I, I could put one at one person's house, one at the company, and one at my house maybe. But at the same time, we're we're just trying to get those down to where. It, it makes sense, you know, and, and I can't be the only one that knows how to do the recovery. And at this stage, that's where we would be uh, on multi-sig. Uh, I, I don't feel like the, the user experience in multi-sig is good enough for me to put those funds at risk. Yeah, okay. Um, it's crazy to think that this wasn't even an option two years ago and, you know, here it is and it's just going to get better and better and better um which is so great it shows you know what's going on in the, in the space and so much um movement forward um and you know on on this point as well as you said it was very difficult to persuade like the full three people okay one was quite easy but the other two they might still have a lot of questions around it and like this this kind of safety net if you will to Oh, it's on an exchange, and that's a legacy kind of financial term system that I can understand. That's just like a almost a layer of comfort, maybe. That um, you know, if you were to turn around now and say, "Right, we're taking all of that off the exchange. We're going to put it on a little USB stick," that's another sell in itself. A little bit. So we we went ahead and set up a wallet for practice. So everybody holds their own keys at this point, personally, in their personal lives. They hold their own keys that I'm aware of. They hold their own keys. So we went and set up one for the company, and you know, we, we had our seed plate, all that out, and it's like, where are we going to put this? You know, that, was, that was question number one. Where are we going to put this? That no, you know, If we were robbed or somebody, you know, we had a nefarious employee or somebody got a hold of it or a dog dug it up, what, where are we going to put this? And that's something that we have yet to tackle. But we, I feel like we're close to it. And the longer you hold in a wallet, you know, the more, the more comfortable you become with it. And, you know, at some point in the next 10 years, if, if you've got one Bitcoin, you're going to have a whole lot of money. You may have a million dollars. You may have more than a million dollars sitting on a wallet. So today holding, you know, 10, I don't know what the price is, $10,000, $11,000 today uh, is easy. It, but what if it's a million? 
you know, what is it, you know, and what does the world look like out of me? And that's something I always want to know from people, you know, what does the world look like? How is holding that, that wallet at that point? Because at some point, physical attacks have to ramp up. <laughs> I mean, they just have to. People have to have the hammer, you know, shoved in their face and say, you know, I'm going to need your Bitcoin. Mm. Yeah, I never, ah, oh, man. This is something I've probably been very naive to, and I don't know why. Um, this threat of violence. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and then what, right? <laughs> you know? That's right. I mean, and then what? And then, you know, are they going to believe you? What if you had, let's say you had one coin, Do you, you hand it all over. Do they believe that you only had one coin? You know, do they not believe? Does you, you know, what does your lifestyle look like? Does your lifestyle look like you support more? You know, maybe they don't care and they take the hammer to you anyway. I mean, th these are all risks and these are big what ifs and, and who knows what will happen. So when people say don't buy Lambos, in my head, what I hear is don't buy Lambos because you're just putting a target on your back. That's it's <laughs> completely silly to buy a Lambo. So don't buy a Lambo. But... You know, you know, li live a, live a modest life. You know, if if you moon out and you've got you've got your Bitcoin and you've got enough to make a modest uh, way in life, do that. You know, don't don't go crazy. You know, enjoy the time with your family. Uh, you know, don't take life so fast. You don't have to work so hard. Enjoy. You know, work on the hobbies, on the things that matter to you. Uh, don't get caught up in streets where there's rioting. But, you know, that never works. You know, that does not work out good. So don't do those things. And, you know, maybe you won't have a target on your back. Yeah. The uh, the bright orange Lambo with um, the personalized number plate, <laughs> low time pref, probably isn't going to <laughs> work out for you. No, it's not. Not at all. I, absolutely not. So, if, and, you know, if, you may, if you're able to maintain your current lifestyle, driving your current vehicle, you know, doing the, the things you normally do, people are going to think you're just one of them. You were left behind. You're just like the rest of them, and that's 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 okay. Let them think that, and then uh, you know you may need to move. And Wyoming looks like a good place to move at this point. You know the weather I could deal with. Uh, my wife maybe not so much, but if I want a place that I can take my guns, eat my meat, work out, and not see a lot of people, I don't want to see a lot of people. And the idea of a citadel being a you know a strong community has a lot of appeal. Now. Yeah, what what does that what does that look like to you, a citadel? To me, it looks just like a community. It looks like a community in the middle of nowhere. That is, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how best to describe it. And I, I would use some old TV show reference, but some of your audience may not understand that. I, I would say it, it, it's just a small knit community, like a small town, where everybody looks out for everybody. And everybody knows everybody, but they're nice enough to stay out of their business. Because I feel as Bitcoiners, uh, at least the ones I've met and have gotten to know, they're not all up in my business. They're, they're not asking, they're not caring what I'm driving, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. They want to know what I'm doing Bitcoin-wise, you know, multi-sig, not multi-sig, or, you know, what, what hardware wallet, why this, are you using a passphrase? But they don't want to know, you know, what your personal business but they do care, and if you have a problem, you pick the phone up, or there's a, a weird car in your driveway. Your neighbor is nice enough to call over and say, "Is everything okay?" Yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of community uh, I feel we live in now, uh, personally, and that's the kind of community I want to live in. Uh, you know, when I'm older.
Yeah, for sure. Okay, man. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you, you might be familiar with, uh, with the question I ask uh, towards the end of each show um, along the lines of if, if you had one red pill left to give to someone, who would you give that red pill to and why? So I've, I, I am aware of this question. I've given a lot of thought and I'm going to pull a cheat card out because I don't believe Bitcoin makes it or breaks it on one person. But what I do believe is that it could make it uh, if, if so, if I was going to red pill somebody, my first response, my gut reaction was to say the continent of Africa, I would just red pill the entire continent because I feel like they would get it. They would understand it. And it seems like they that 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 continent in general has been through so much that they would probably uh, they're very deserving of it if they were to do that. If I couldn't get the whole continent of Africa, I would red I would red pill or orange peel every small business in America. Yeah, that's a great answer. Well, to be honest, they're all great answers. That they can't be a wrong one, right? It's um, yeah, they can in, be um, the wrong one. It's whatever's in that person's heart, and. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, man. Well, I think this this episode is going to go a long way to to help people who are in a similar position to you, either own a small business or are close to an owner of a small business or might be part of a family business or are just looking to, you know, help even... Their, their company owner understand a bit more about business and, and hopefully they will, um, about Bitcoin, excuse me, and, and how it could make a, a change for business. And, you know, having micro strategy come out, um, you know, we said this about the hedge fund, right? The hedge fund move uh, when Paul Tudor Jones came out and basically said that's taken the career risk off of every other hedge fund manager out there. Uh, you know, Michael Saylor did the same thing when he did the announcement for micro strategy. That's taken the uh, career risk of every kind of CFO or CEO out there. Um, you're doing the same now for for small businesses. Well, I, that that's good to think. I think the biggest problem we have with small businesses is just every one of them that I ask, "Do you know about Bitcoin?" Almost invariably, they say, "No, I don't." And that's what's you know, with the exception of you know one two companies I've talked to, every one of them were like, "No, I do not know." So I, I think. I think if we could make small businesses aware, because really when, when a big company does something like MicroStrategy, people like me in small business world, we don't even relate to that because who can go out and buy 20 plus thousand Bitcoin? You know, nobody, you know, that I know that could, could go do that. So, you know, it's not even, we're not even in the same stratosphere. I, I want to hear from people like me who are in, in my shoes in a small business and know they can do it. And hopefully they... They can. Like I say, there's a lot out there that have, and I, I know there are, and I know what they're doing, and then some have a high time prefer preference and some have a low time preference, but that's okay. Bitcoin's for everybody. They can do with it what they please. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, small business allows you to do things that you just cannot do in, in larger and especially public businesses. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully people hear this and they'll take the first step because just reading the white paper, would be enough. Uh, it, it, it's just enough to pull you in. Just enough. How would you? I mean, if you look at it from a, a personal point of view, 
what's changed about you since you've started interacting with Bitcoin on a personal level? Every purchase I make, I multiply the price by 10 and ask myself, do I really want it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do yes. I need it? And I think that is the absolute best way to, uh, you know, Plan B did a lot of good with his work. Cause I, so my background, uh, I have a math background, and Plan B did a lot. You know, I read his first paper and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is, this makes so much sense now. And, and, and then we get to the 100,000 by Christmas prediction, 2021. And so I thought, you know what, I should just multiply by 10 and say, do I really need it? And that's exactly what my wife does. So if I say, you know, I'd like to have this. And if it's 50 bucks, she'll say, well, is it worth $500? And I'll, I have to stop and think about it. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot fewer purchases I've made. And my goal has been uh, to stack as many sats as possible. That's the goal, is to stack as many sats as possible. And that's what's changed. I don't know if that's changed. I mean, I say before, but I was a little more loose on my spending and could afford to be so. But now I'm more tight on my spending, I feel like. And I'm, I'm very concerned about how many sats I have. I mean, to the point where... I don't know what the right number is, but I always feel like I don't have enough. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to feel that one day, and we're going to look like uh, very entitled, like, uh, yeah, a-holes probably. Um, <laughs> but So then that must, that must spill into the business as well. Like that, you know, if you feel about that on your personal life, that must spill into how the business is being run, especially if you've got, family members and um you know the, the rest of the board involved yes it yeah absolutely does it spills over so the same thing happens so we're, we're most likely to make uh today uh, a capital improvement so we're going to take money and reinvest into the business in the many ways that one would do and so i i really look now at those capital investments or improvements that we're going to do and multiply it by 10 and say is this something we really need and the answer more often than not, is no. And so this, you know, in, tw in 2020, uh, you know, the crazy world aside, uh, we, you know, th there have been less capital improvements at my company than in 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and 16 and 15 and 14 and, and on back. This year was a, you know, a, a very much a low capital improvement year. So, yeah, it is absolutely spilled over. It has, it affects how I manage. It, it, it affects how I allocate capital because at the end of the day, a CEO is a capital allocator. That's what we do. We figure out where we're going to put our money and where it needs to work for us. So yeah, it absolutely does. I want, I want the business to stack sats. You know, I want, I want that competitive advantage five years from now, you know, eight years from now, 10 years from now. I want that advantage. I want to be over my competition because with business, I'm very competitive. And I don't want to have to play second fiddle to these larger corporations who I don't have any real run-ins, but it's kind of like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. He's always taken offense to somebody, and he goes out and he plays his best game. And that's how I approach things. I, I don't take offense to everything, but I, I always feel like they're a big company. They think I'm a nobody. Let's show them. And this is a good way to do that. You know, stack sats, change the world. Yes. And, you know, with the, the current system that, you know, we, we operate in and you operate your business in, 
um, you've probably got access to some very, very cheap credit. Um, you know, obviously with the uh, the money printing going on and how we um, have all come to understand how the Cantillon effect um, plays out. Have you ever been tempted to to take that I mean, I don't know. Maybe this hasn't been extended to you or not. But if it were, let's say if it were to be extended to you at very favorable terms, like uh, half to one half percent payback over X amount of years, are you ever going to be tempted by that? Or is that, again, Bitcoin ethos going to stop you doing that? Yeah, I, I've definitely thought about it, but I've, I'm not. I, the, the temptation part of my life on doing something like that has passed. And that's, I consider that irresponsible and not the right thing to do. So yeah, the Bitcoin ethos has definitely taken over. I'm about stack with what you have. You know, as Matt O'Dell would say, stack sats, be humble. And that's what I try to do is personally and professionally stack sats, stay humble. Don't, don't, don't overextend myself because who knows what the next, you know, the next 12 months may bring a, a new bear market. Who knows what'll happen? I, we may hit 30,000 by the end of the year. We may hit 30,000, by the end of 2021, I really don't know. I'm not concerned about it. And I like having a low stress life. I have enough stress in my life as it is. A lot of business owners know what I mean when they say there's a lot of stress that comes with owning a business, a lot of stress. And stress is relative. A lot of stress to me is not a lot of stress to somebody else. So I don't need any more stress. So I, it's very tempting, but I would consider that irresponsible, not fair to my employees, not fair to my you know, family, not fair to my company. Wow, that is so great to hear. Because, you know, if, if that's one way a CEO is is thinking about this current system we have now, because they've, you know, diversified into Bitcoin, and you know of many others that are doing the same, we're only a handful of years away then of this whole thing, just, you know, this incentive structure of incentivizing people to go into debt is going to just slowly grind to a halt. And then we can just start rebuilding. You know, because it's just crazy. It's just nuts. Like the whole, the whole fit, the last 50 years has just been nothing but incentivize people to go into debt to do things that they can't afford and paint themselves into a corner, whether that's a mortgage. Um, and that means they've got to try and stay in a job for the next 25, 30 years that they don't even enjoy. Uh, but you're coming in it now because of Bitcoin. There's no way we'd take that, that free cash. We no. just want to work on our business. Yes. Yeah. And, and what you say, you know, businesses are, are, have done the same thing uh, as, as people in their personal life. Many businesses over leverage all the time. Mm. They take out crazy amounts of money. They grow really fast, and then they realize, uh-oh, we have to actually pay that back. Even if your interest rate is low, and, you know, a corporate interest rate for a company is going to be higher, much higher than what you're going to get a personal interest rate. So you're, you're going to be at least 2 to 3% higher on your, your interest rate, which affects your loan, you know, payments and, and, and so forth. And it, it, it's really not while, – while it's definitely cheap, cheaper money, I wouldn't call it free you know, or near free, uh, you know, as for, for a company. So that's why I think, you know, if I was to go out on my line of credit, take a draw, go purchase, you know, 10 Bitcoin, 
you know, have a field day with it there and purchase 10 Bitcoin or 100 Bitcoin, whatever, whatever it was I decided. I mean, I'm really banking on something happening in the next 12 months because I'm going to have to make some minimum interest payments at least. And then usually within a year, you're going to have to start making real payments on what you've taken off your line of credit, depending on how you're set up. And you don't want to be in a position to, to go under and then give up your Bitcoin because you're irresponsible. And, that, and that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm constantly having to pull myself back and, you know, don't overextend yourself. Don't overextend yourself. And I, when I say pull myself back, I mean just mentally, you know, stay humble. Uh, you know, just because that's what it means to me. When Matt, Matt O'Dell says stay humble, I don't think he means don't get in everybody's face and show them you got Bitcoin. Because I think I hope we're all smart enough not to do that. But I, I think it means don't overextend yourself. Don't over leverage yourself. Don't put yourself in a bind just to stack a few more sats. You know, you want to work hard, you want to do more work, that's fine. But don't don't overextend yourself so you're staying up at night, not being able to get any sleep over what you've done with your company. That will affect more than just your life, your family's life. It extends to all my employees. And that's you know, that becomes several hundred people really fast. And you don't you don't need to screw up everybody's life because you made a bad decision. So I'm with I'm with it long term. You know, and what does that look for a business owner ten years from now if it does win moon? What do you do with your company then? Or do you still work? Do you hire the right people? You know, these are all questions, you know, that I'm constantly trying to explore is what does the world look like four years from now, eight years from now, 12 years from now? You know, how long before the having start having, you know, major uh, impacts on the price? You know, how many more havings do we have left? Is this the last one uh, before it breaks to the upside? Because as Preston would say, he, would, he thinks it breaks to the upside. I do too. But we don't know how many more of, the, of these halvings will do that. We don't know if this one will do that. So each having to me is a gift, and I'm willing to wait and take it. And I think you were part of a tweet thread I put out. The, I, I think I shot a question out there along the lines of, you know, what, what does the world look like if all of a sudden you become wealthier than you've ever dreamed of, but you have zero regard for material possessions or, or something like that? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, imagine that. Like, 2030, you, you literally could buy anything you want, but you don't want anything. How does that affect a person psychologically? I, I, think, I think it affects it. I think it turns everything we've done as a society uh, upside down. Because if there's one thing that we don't do enough of, it's spend time with our families. You know, and if there's one thing that we don't do enough of, it's it's probably we don't read enough. You know, we don't we don't study history enough. You know, we're not we're not just taking things slow. Uh, everything gets faster. Every year gets faster. We have to produce more every year as a company. You know, we've got to become. You know, we constantly fighting to keep the margins where they're at. That kind of thing. And the next downturn is going to be very painful. So I I don't know what that does and. I want to know what other people think about it. I, and, and not enough people talk about it. I think you ask a good question. Is what, you know, what does the world look like? Is the dollar, does that mean the dollar's in shambles? Uh, does it mean uh, it looks like it is today? We just happen to be wealthy and some of that money come from the go bugs or in other places, stocks. D you know, does that mean governments start go knocking on doors and saying, hey, look, we know you have an account. We know you bought this much on this exchange. We want your Bitcoin. Or we're going to tax you to death. Maybe they just take the, instead of showing up at your door, they're just going to tax the crap out of you. So they, 
they change the laws, and instead of you know a typical 15, 20% capital gains tax, you get a 80% capital gains tax. And I think that's totally within the realm of possibility. And then the circular economy takes off. I, you know, these are all things that that you ask that no one has the answer to, but I truly like to know because I, I want to know what that's like, and I hope that I'm able to stay humble and live a modest life and slow down and enjoy my family, my extended family, and and just you know be a good person be a good person yeah that's um and you know i i think that's probably how i mean how many bitcoiners are out there right now that that is is it millions um you know but i i think many of us are, are thinking that exact same way you know just slow everything down take time back um you know be truer to yourself and and your family or start a family, uh, you know, depending on where you are, you know, where you are on your journey. Um, yeah, and, and what is frightening, and Jeff Booth talks about this, is, and, you know, it reminds me of a scene in uh, uh, The Big Short when Ben, ben Rickett turns around to, to the young guys that, are, you know, just nailed it and they're dancing around and whatever else and he turns around and says, stop fucking celebrating people are going to get hurt. People are going to lose a lot of money. People are going to lose houses and, and, and things like that. And Jeff says the same thing. You know, if, if this if this happens too quickly, it's going to look very, very ugly on the other side. You know, the, the quicker it happens, you know, that this moonshot, that means there's something really bad going on on the other side of things and there's not enough people on board on, on our boat yet. So it's definitely something to think about. And staying humble definitely comes into it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, look, I know companies who have taken on an extraordinary amount of debt in the name of growing the business. And when the, and when this downturn comes, and it's going to come, I've, I've, I've felt it every year since 2018, and I've been wrong every year since. So I've, But it's going to come. There has to be a downturn. When it comes, it's going, it's going to be we're going to hit a brick wall and it's not going to be good. And I think Jeff is right. I think it's going to be very, very ugly on the other side of it. And I don't know what that looks like, but I expect to see my competitors fall by the wayside and us will make it through it. Yeah. I'm fully convinced that we're going to make it through it. Absolutely convinced we're going to make it through it. And personally, I feel the same. I feel like, there's a lot of people that go out and buy new trucks and new cars and, you know, the latest gizmos and the latest gadgets. And, you know, look, we all can't afford to do that. Some people can, but the vast majority of us can't afford to live those lifestyles. And when you're doing that and then the brake stops or the music stops, you're looking for a seat. There's not going to be a seat there. And you're going to hit the ground. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt really bad. And I, I think for a lot of people it's going to be – it's really it's going to make the the governments have to print way more money, and this is like a never-ending problem now, and I, it seems to be ramping up. Uh, but I, I'm in the I'm in the group uh, that hopes for a slow climb, you know, for the moon. You know, I can take a eight-year journey. That's fine with me, and I think the slower we go at this, the better. But if it's but if it's overnight or you know over twelve to eighteen months, I I really question what the world will will look like and how we'll act. And within your 
I mean, your sector, you've hinted a little bit um, that it might have something to do with um, construction. Um, how do you see, like, the maybe you have an insight to this or maybe you don't, like the, the housing market at the moment in, in either in your state or in, in the U.S. as a whole? It's absolutely crazy. And it will be crazy going into next year. I don't see any slowdown. So I think the housing market remains strong, which is very surprising to me. Uh, the housing market, in the, I feel the housing market in the U.S. drives the economy. And I, I just don't see a slowdown. Uh, you know, without saying too much, I was on a, jo- on a job site this morning and I asked exact, that exact question and I was blown away by my answer. No one expects any slowdown and they're, the houses are going to keep being built. So I, I do have a pretty good line into that, that area and I'm, I'm very optimistic, but now at some point it will be like 2007, 08. Everything will be going along just fine, and then until it's not, and you'll be almost able to watch, you know, watch the housing bubble burst. Uh, but you know, and a lot of it where I'm from are people from the north uh, moving south, or from the west moving east, uh, where we're located, and it's. You know, it's people coming out of California. It's people coming out of New York State, New Jersey that want to get out, you know, Michigan, that want to get out of these states where, you know, it's, if, you, if you watch the news, which I don't, but if you, if you watch the news or what little bit I see on Twitter, it's, it's absolute chaos in these places. And they want to get out to where their money goes further. I mean, they're increasing their purchasing power just by moving. So they're not paying, you know, big rent or big mortgage or, you know, a crazy amount of money to, just to own a car, to park a car. You know, they can they can buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar, two hundred fifty thousand dollar home, and get the equivalent of you know maybe a one to two million dollar home in these cities. And the housing market is absolutely on fire. And there's everybody I've talked to sees nothing changing with that in the next six to nine months. That's crazy. And you know what? Uh, the the same. From talking to friends and family in the UK, the same exact thing is happening in the UK. And it, it, it's frightening because, you know, it's, the, the amount of, like, misinformation in the, um, in the economy, you know, which is created by yeah, the printing and then the amount of hysteria in the economy, which is created by, you know, the, the current events of uh, the COVID uh, pandemic. People are... People are not armed right now to make sound economic decisions. They're making decisions based on fear and misinformation. And this is going to lead to a fuck-up of all (laughs) fuck-ups that I just... I can't even begin to explain to people that aren't in the Bitcoin space, you know? You know, I speak to people that, uh, you know, are very close to me that... Oh, and we're going to sell our house because this and this. And, um, you know, um, one of my friends has got the right idea. Selling out, brilliant, going to rent a place for the next, uh, you know, one to two years, uh, bank the cash, put a certain amount of that into Bitcoin, and this is all just music to my ears. Um, Whereas, you know, other family members are like, yeah, well, we're going to sell out because the market's high and we don't get stamp duty. This is one thing in the UK that trying to drive this this stupid freaking frenzy they they they've um 
all of a sudden they pull this lever, no, you don't have to pay tax on stamp duty now on the sale of your house. You know, this is how quick they can change the rules to, um, you know, benefit themselves because this just keeps the, 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 the trick going, right, the, the sleight of hand. Um, that everything's fine, the economy's good, and they can come out with GDP figures and whatever else, or CPI that they just pull out their assholes. That um, it drives me nuts. Uh, but yeah, over the next six to twelve months, I think there's going to be crazy house prices, and after that, well, we all know what happened in two thousand eight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh eight, oh nine, ten, and most of eleven was awful. You know, in 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 our industry. So yeah, we we know what's going to happen, and I'm just trying to prepare, you know, my company, myself, my family, uh, my extended family. I'm just trying to prepare for us that we're we're okay, you know. And, and but there's a lot of things outside of my control. I don't worry about. But you're right. We, it's just a you know. And the other part of this is for every person that sells their home, somebody buys it. And so for every person in Michigan that sells a house and moves somewhere else, say Wyoming. Somebody had to buy that house and move in. So so I'm I'm really curious about how this, you know, how does this all work out? Do do these um, you know, places like Detroit or New York City or Chicago, these these densely populated areas of the country, what what do they look like five, ten years from now? Are are they more you know, they more left leaning than they were? Because I, I think Marty Bent, oh Uncle Marty, there has it right. He he says he doesn't believe in red versus blue, Democrat versus Republican here in the U.S. You know, I, I think that's exactly it. Doesn't work. I think I, I identify as a Bitcoiner. That's my politics. My politics are Bitcoiner. My life is Bitcoin. And if if you if if you're a hodler, we're most likely going to get along. We're we may not get along on everything. I certainly don't on Twitter with most people, but. Uh, you know, we can agree to disagree on most things, or we can just have nothing. I can mute you and have nothing to do with you, not not paying attention to you. So, what what does that mean? Because there's somebody on the other end of that house buy, and I'm telling you, the housing market in the U.S. is on absolute fire. I've I've never seen anything like it. Oh man, oh man, that that just scares the living daylights out of me. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to. Uh, you know, I tell you what scares the lights out of me is when Plan B comes on and says, well, we're waiting for the stock market to go up, so Bitcoin will go up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm ready for the decouple. Just decouple. Just make it a slow grind up. But let's let's get those two separated. And, yeah. you know, and, like, and, then, and then Dave Portnoy's, you know, uh, you've, got, you've, you've got him, David Day Trader, doing crazy things. And he, he is a business, you know, he's, he's doing his business thing. But I don't realize, I don't know if most people realize that's, that's an income stream for him. He's entertaining. He, that's his, that's his work. That's his business. He's not just doing that just to be, uh, just to be doing it. I mean, that's, that's something for him to make money on. So, yeah, I don't know. I, there's a lot of irresponsible choices being made at the moment and you know, they're going to be made whether I do anything about them or not. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And it is scary. But it's change, and it's okay. We have to embrace it. Bitcoin's change, and we've all embraced it just fine. So we'll be okay. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. And it's it's like the Dave Portnoy thing is is a weird one. You know, I I hope he doesn't ever. I I just have a a deep kind of bad feeling that he's gonna regret this this time of uh, kind of leading so many people into. Um, 
Because they are, right? They're jumping on Robin Hood and they're all buying these stocks and they're, they're watching him. Some people are following him and it's just like, oh man, this is going to this is gonna end really badly for a lot of people. Uh, so... Yeah, I agree. I think it's mm. going to end. It's going to end bad for a lot of people. It's fun to watch. Uh, Dave pulls his antics on Twitter, but in the end, it, it can end good. That's not how life works. <laughs> it certainly isn't. Okay, man. Well, at twenty one forty BTC or Concilium Turgum, thank you so much for um, for coming on and and sharing all of this with us. I hope you've inspired a few personal hodlers but more importantly if if you've got a small business out there medium uh, sme um or even if you are ceo or cfo of a huge publicly listed company and you're listening to this and you've taken something away from it then you know job is done um i'd love uh, i'd love for you to uh you know ask any questions of the audience or um if there's anything that uh you'd like to close out on not really. I would just say stack sats, stay humble. Perfect place to leave it, man. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you at 2140BTC, Concilium Turgum for coming on the show and talking with us today. That's crazy. That is, who knew that was going on, right? Um, you know, MicroStrategy come out and uh, we all go a bit crazy on Twitter. This is amazing. You know, the public sector now coming in, buying up you know, just tons of Bitcoin, 21 and a half thousand worth of Bitcoin. Whereas, you know, this, these, these small private companies, they're ahead of the game. They are ahead of the game. He, you know, he's been doing this for a year. Uh, as he said, knows of several other, other companies that are doing this. He, he, you know, six figures deep. This is, this is, this is big. And, you know, there, there's a whole... I would love for, to hear from any other business owners out there that have done the same, that are doing the same. I know there's a, a restaurant in Canada, Tahini's, um, who, uh, who are doing this. And, you know... <laughs> with what's going on in the world, with your businesses being affected, with the shutdowns, and you, you, you know you've been unable to run the business and serve the um, serve the communities that you you know or to serve the sectors that you seek to serve effectively because of this global shutdown. And you know if you're a U.S.-based company, you're now in direct competition in the labor market with the U.S. government because the U.S. government are giving people you know, whatever it is, between $1,200 and $2,000 per month. You, you, you are in direct competition for labor in the labor market against the U.S. government. And people might be best served and might earn more just by sitting at home and doing nothing. What, what are the incentives behind that? There's, there's just something so sick that just doesn't make sense that, you know, those of us have studied Austrian economics, human action, you're taking away human action by by giving out this free money and all you're doing is making people more dependent on you you're buying votes at the end of the day and you're, you're you know you're trying to buy friends um oh, it's just it's so wrong but now you, you small business owners you, you can diversify there's something to device diversify into which they cannot screw with 
they, they can't change the amount of the Bitcoin that is going to be mined and shared between us globally in uh, the circular economy. So be, being able to, to buy yourself a little bit of insurance just by opening a, an account on an exchange and swapping some of your fiat money for Bitcoin it's just like having another account. Just look at it that way. It's just another account. Having another account, another online account. Don't think of it like, um, you know, Bitcoin, magic, internet money. Just think of it as a different account. And in that account, you are holding um, this asset called Bitcoin, which you can switch back if you need to in a year or two to, to grow your business. If you need the fiat, then you can, you know, you, you'll be easily able to do that. It could make the difference between your business being around in a year or two or not. It's that basic. Like a one to three or 5% investment now could buy you a year or two of runway to protect your own business, your own family, your employees and your employees' families. Um, what's the downside? Really? Yeah, you... you Okay, you're going to say the downside is the one to five, the one to five percent that we might invest. Sure, that's if everything goes to zero on, in the Bitcoin world, which you know, what's the actual chances of that? Like almost zero, zero chance of that happening. Yeah, it's um, it's great to hear. It, it fills me with hope that these businesses are going to get ahead of the game and they are going to outlast. They could even outlast huge publicly listed companies, which we know are all zombies. They're living on government handouts. These guys are on the, on the ground, doing the hard work, doing the construction, building what needs to be built and diversifying, protecting themselves against hard times, which they know are coming. So, yeah, it gives me hope for the um, for that sector. I hope this episode has inspired um, some of you in the in this position to think differently about it, or can go and um, at least present this this episode to you know your CEO or your CFO or somebody higher up in the in the company. Um, you know, if enough employees do that and uh, you know help wake up the boardroom into this, you know insurance policy this is part of the wealth transfer that you know this is like Preston and I discussed on our previous episode so go check that one out as well all right um we'll leave it there guys thank you so much uh at 2140 BTC go and um check him out on Twitter go and interact he's uh he's a cool guy really appreciate him coming on and sharing all of this and being so open about it and um yeah thank you to everyone that supports the show uh, with the likes, shares, retweets, and reviews. Uh, thanks to Adam, uh, Adam Woodhams1 for putting all of this together. Um, he does a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, he's listened to my voice probably more than myself. <laughs> um, thank you, uh, at Hodler Than Now, for the music in the background. And uh, go check out at 21ism, guys. And uh, of course, make sure you go check out coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten or swan swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten i look forward to the next show guys uh, i love all of the interaction and for those of you supporting the show thank you so much take care and speak soon